Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. We have a different Sunday today than most of our Sundays with Father Ben gone and not having Mass, and so morning prayer is um, the responsibility of us to continue in his absence. But I don't want us to miss the ongoing um, pattern of the lectionary that takes us gospel by gospel each Sunday through this pattern of Trinity Tide, where we um, are taught and learn more and more about the kingdom of God, how we participated, and how we grow as Christians. So I want to stick to the lectionary of the Mass for the Sunday today. And I want to start with the epistle for the day, which comes from Romans, um, beginning in chapter 18. And this is St. Paul describing to the church in Rome why there are sufferings in the world, why they're undergoing persecution already as new Christians in the city of Rome and what it all means. So in the context of him talking to the Christians about their own sufferings, he expands and roots their sufferings in the broader um, problem of pain in the entire cosmos. This is how Paul describes it. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning with labor pains together until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait for the adoption as sons the redemption of our bodies. So Paul's talking about how when he says the creation, he's talking about um, everything that's around us that we see, our our bodies, uh, the trees, the sky, the earth, the cosmos, the stars. Everything in creation is, as he says, subject to futility and in bondage to decay. The physicists refer to this as um, entropy. Everything tends to fall apart. Nothing stays together of its own accord. Nothing is permanent. Everything is temporary. Everything is coming into existence as the thing that it is and then falling back out of existence. When we are conceived and start to grow in the womb, the earth comes together to make our body. The nutrients from our mothers become us in this miracle of organization and building and life. It's beautiful. But we actually see similar things with the animals, the plants, but also the stars. How clumps of gas and energy come together, gravity takes over, fusion, and you have the star that lives a life, you know? And then after a time, it falls apart. And that's how everything that we know in creation works. But Paul's saying one day that won't be the case. 
One day things will work differently. And what will be the thing that makes that happen? When the sons of God are revealed. In other words, when we become saints, when we are no longer sinners uh, in need of you know, constant healing, but are fully purged of all of our sins, all of our doubts, all of our fears. When we are finally free to trust God wholly and to live in God fully. We don't think of ourselves as having any kind of effect on the stars. In fact, for our entire history, we've thought of the stars having effects on us and the planets. And that's, you know, the, the concept of astrology has forever been that uh, the heavenly bodies are there to govern us. They're the things that, that uh, kind of rule over us. The sun and the moon to rule over the day and the night, you know, in Genesis. Uh, we see that the moon, people knew that the moon had effects on the earth. They saw that the tides were uh, related to the waxing and waning of the moon, and they knew that the sun governed uh, the heat of the day, of course, but also the seasons. And, and if the sun and the moon can affect us, then you know, maybe the other planetos, those wandering stars in the sky and the stars themselves, can have an effect too. And that's, that's how we've thought of things from time immemorial, but here we have St. Paul telling us that the sun and the moon themselves, that the stars, that all of creation are actually subjected to futility and waiting for us to become saints in a reversal of the order of creation as it is now, we will become the stars, the sons of God. We will become those, um, the council of God surrounding his throne after which all of the rest of creation in its hierarchical descent from us will be governed and, and run. We don't know what that's going to look like, but we know that it's a beautiful, I mean, what a beautiful encouragement from St. Paul to these poor Christians hiding in churches and afraid that their neighbors are going to tell on them and they're going to get dragged into a court and beheaded. Because that's what happens to Paul very soon after writing this letter. And so, how do we become saints? How do we become the kinds of people who are prepping to be sons of God revealed so that we can rule over all of creation? Well, we do it according to the instruction that comes from the gospel of the Mass today, which comes from Luke chapter 6. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and says to them, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you won't be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Then he goes on uh, with a, a, a phrase, I, I think, that was probably a, a way of speaking in analogy with like wine and stuff. We don't, we don't make wine, so we don't know how this works. But back then, people knew how wine was made. He said um, that when, when this happens, it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it will be put into your lap. This is good stuff. This is, this is blessing. This is the good wine. For the measure that you give will be measured back to you. So this little terse, pithy, you know, bit of maxims 
don't judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, you won't be condemned. Give and it will be given to you. I mean, this is, it seems simplistic, maybe overly simplistic. And like it can't be true because it's too simple. Is this really how the kingdom of God works? Is this how God rewards us if we behave this way? Well, yeah, it is. I think we should take Jesus at his word. This is the kind of grace that God has. And there's no reason why God can't make it so simple that if we learn how to behave like this, we will be rewarded greatly. Remember what Paul said, whatever your sufferings are, aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed. So wherever sin abounds, grace abounds super abundantly, Paul says somewhere else. This is the design of God. This, this is the world we live in. And this is expanding from east to west, the world that God intends for us. I mean, Jesus' arms on the cross are spread in either direction to indicate everything is now mine. In reigning from the cross, the whole of creation from the east to the west is now mine. Where are the sins that you committed? If you can measure the distance from the farthest east to the farthest west, that's how far they are from you. I will completely wipe away everything that was pain, trouble, sin. Everything is gone because in me is eternity and life and love. Sin is nothing. Sin is nothing. It's, it's, a, it's a vapor that is completely disappeared in the heat and light of God. And so, yeah, it's this simple. This doesn't mean, of course, that we aren't to um, critically think and appraise things for their goodness or badness in the world. When God says, when Jesus teaches his disciples, don't judge. What he's saying is, do not judge the hearts of people. Don't condemn them. Don't write them off. Because every single person in this world is our brother and sister in Christ. When God took on our humanity, all people are now in him. Every human being from the beginning of the world to the end of it is in Christ's humanity. They belong to him and they belong to us. C.S. Lewis talked about even how historians sometimes are, are, and, phys, and um, biologists are learning to see history not as, and people, not as just dots, individuals throughout time, but as almost an organism growing. I was reading a really interesting uh, article in, I don't remember the publication, but it was talking about the remarkable fact that all of us are genealogically related to each other much more recently in history than we would imagine. Like we basically, if any of us are of any European descent at all, we're related to um, Charlemagne, for example. So it's just what, like we are, we are connected as people. We're all connected across the globe. Our ancestry does not go back that far before we have a single ancestor. And that's how, that's how our humanity works. We're just, we grow out of each other. We are all interconnected as a family. And if our holiness can work this way so that we affect not only ourselves, but those around us and eventually all of creation, our sins can do the same thing, which is why it's so important that we are 
constantly repenting of our sins and trying to do better because we have a responsibility to try not to sin, not only for ourselves, for our own hearts, not only so that we don't offend or hurt the heart of God, but also so that we aren't hurting those around us to whom we are connected in ways both mystical and physical in ways that we don't even fully grasp. And so don't judge, don't condemn, forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Participate in the life and love and mercy of the Father and you will be brought up into his life. You will be transformed into a saint, into a creation so purified, so capable of bearing the love and life of God that you will be able to rule over the stars themselves. So that's it. Yeah, that's the simple message for this Sunday. That's that's what, when we leave our house and come here and the world out there is still busy with, you know, figuring out lunch and uh, making it to events and, and doing the things that the world thinks are important. Here we are learning that we will rule the stars. <laughs> People think Christians are weird, but they don't think we're weird enough. If only they knew really what Christianity is. Christianity is the greatest story that has ever been told. It is so beautiful, so perfect in its concepts and ideas and virtue. It is the most perfect story of love that we could ever tell. And once it's been told, the world is, is changed forever. There is no going back from this story. No matter what the world tries to do, in terms of um, you know, sloughing off its Christian heritage, it, is, it now thinks that you know, humans have rights and that they should be treated equally. Where did that come from? Jesus teaching us that that's the case because all humans are connected in him. And we're all brothers and sisters. The world didn't know that until Jesus. Now it does. The world didn't know that... Um, we can be godlike until Jesus said, this is what David meant when he said you are gods. You will become gods through adoption by me becoming your brother and lifting you up to become the adopted sons and daughters of God. Now people think, oh, that's great. We can be gods. And they're trying to do it without, without being adopted to God. They're trying to do it by building AI, or by just asserting their will and believing that that makes them independent. The world is, has benefited from Christianity and is yet confused as it's trying to leave it. And so it's a confusing world out there. So we come here to be set straight, to have the words of Jesus and of his apostles read over us, to have them explained and to contemplate them and on most Sundays to be fed by his very presence. So this Sunday, in the absence of being fed sacramentally by Christ, let's at least be fed by his holy words, his instruction and his teaching, and by the monumentally absurd mercy 
that God shows us in calling us to be saints, to join his life and to rule over creation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.